If you have missed all the episodes from 1 to 7, you can get it online or even get it free of charge from the protocol stand after the service. I mean, we have learned a lot about the Spirit. This morning, we are looking at the walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. We are looking at another dimension. Because walking in the Spirit, the dimensions are rich. The dimensions are inexhaustible. And the beautiful thing is that God wants us to be aware. He wants us to know. Because this is our inheritance. You cannot inherit something that you don't know about. So please, turn to somebody beside you. Tell the person, don't sleep. Don't sleep on this. I remember we have our Thanksgiving, so we have enough time to dance today. Amen and amen. So today we are going to be looking at our location and our position in God's plan. Our location and our position in God's plan as we walk in the spirit. Praise God. It will be insane for someone, for a son who has over seven trillion dollars in cash in the account and also have over 150 trillion in asset to still be begging. There's a problem somewhere. What is it? It is either the son does not know what he has or it is either that person is not a son. Is not a son. Or it is either that son has not yet come to an understanding of the title deed, of the will of his inheritance. That is why he's begging. Because he has not come to that. Or it is either the son is ignorant or is deliberately ignorant. There's a difference between ignorance and deliberate ignorance. That is another high class of not knowing. The high class is called foolishness. Paul used that for the Galatians. Foolishness. What is ignorance? Ignorance is that you don't know. That can be pardoned. But deliberate ignorance is foolishness. That is, you don't want to know. That is why Christ has issue with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Because they choose not to know. And that is more dangerous. Amen and amen. And that's what the Bible says that when Jesus was entering into Jerusalem, the Bible says when he saw the ignorance of the people, when he saw the foolishness of the people, when he saw the spiritual death of the people, the Bible said Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Have you ever heard someone say this like this? He said, what you don't know can't kill you. Have you heard of that before? Have you heard of that before? What you don't know can't kill you. That's a big lie. Scripture told us that what you don't know will kill you, can kill you. My people, they perish because of what? Because they lack knowledge. Because they lack knowledge. If you don't, if you, if you think that ignorance is not expensive, guess what? If a man who thinks that ignorance is nothing, let him pretend as if when a speeding trailer hits him on the expressway he's not going to feel hot let him go to the expressway and be making calls there that does not mean that when that moving trailer hits him he's not going to die amen I said amen follow me this way so it is, it is foolish it's a stupid saying what you don't know can kill you. And that's why people, they justify their behavior. They justify their ignorance of the things they don't know. They say that I don't know the problem and so it doesn't concern me. Ignorance does not respect any man. If a man does not put himself into knowledge, ignorance is mercilessly flogging or will mercilessly flog that person. I said amen. Justification of ignorance will always lead to destruction. Will always lead to beating, pains and regret. I said amen and amen. 
My people, they perish because they don't put themselves to knowledge. But guess what? In the new covenant, I can read that scripture. I can reread that scripture. If my people perish because they lack knowledge, so I can rewrite that. I can say that in the new covenant. My sons, they are made alive because of the revelation of his son. The justification of his revelation leads to life, abundance, peace, and plenty. So I can justify myself in Christ Jesus. Why? Because he suffered for me. He took the pain for me. Amen. We don't have time this morning. Well, I would have told you about the, the word knowledge. When you, when you hear the word knowledge. Knowledge is not that you are giving fact. It is that you have a deep revelation of who you are dealing with. The people, the, the family, the clan of Jesus, they took him for levity. They did not have respect for him. The Bible said that a prophet does not have value in the hand of his people. The reason why, because they don't have knowledge of the person that has come. I said amen and amen. So what does the father want us to know? The father wants us to know plenty things. The first thing is that the father wants you and I to know that we became son because of his son. We became sons because of his sons. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. Look at what the Bible says. For you all are sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, sonship is a representation of your position. You are no longer a slave, you are a son. Slaves don't have mouth to talk. Slaves have nothing to say. But sons, they have things to say. So stop talking like a slave. Talk like a son. Say, I have power. Say, I have grace because of his grace. That's how to talk with boldness. Revelation chapter 5 and verse number 10. Look at it. It said, we have been made kings and priests unto our God and we are reigning upon the earth. In other words, an ignorant man is a future king of nowhere. If you are ignorant or you pretend to be ignorant of not knowing, you are a future king. Of nowhere but God does not want us to operate in that echelon God said that you have been made kings and priests unto himself so you are ruling and you are reigning. you are a king of somewhere first is of earth you are a king with Christ in Christ amen I said amen so walking in the spirit you have to know your position you have to know the placement where you are and how can you walk in the spirit? Number one, you have to know that your position is in Christ. Your position is in Christ according to scripture. Not according to the dictate and the mandate of what other persons say. Not according to the dogmas and the teachings of men. Not according to the laws of men. But according to what the scripture say concerning our lives. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 1. Look at what the Bible says. With, I'm reading the message now. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that faithful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ, mark that word. Those who enter into Christ, being here for us, no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in oppression. Say a new power is in oppression inside of me. Say it like you mean it. A new power is in oppression inside of me. This is the life on God's time. The life on God's time is that you 
are no longer under all these low-lying black clouds under the law. You have to know it. You have to take hold of it. But the question now is this. Do we now go back into Adam when we sin? Do we go back to Adam when we sin? Now we're going to do something now. Follow this carefully. Adam and Eve were the ones that sinned in the Garden of Eden. Am I correct? Now, because they sinned, they did not follow simple instruction. They are guilty. Am I correct? When a person don't follow simple instruction, he's guilty, right? But the seed, their children that came out of them, are they guilty? Do you think they are guilty? Do you think they are guilty? They are not guilty because they didn't do anything. It will be, it will be wrong to say that the child is guilty. Because we have the human laws and we have the spiritual law. Forget, the Bible says that the spiritual is the one that controls the physical. So we use spiritual to compare the spiritual. What you call physical is actually spiritual. Amen. So, Adam and Eve, they are guilty. But you and I that came out of them, we are not guilty at all. We are innocent. Remember, before sin entered into the world, what happened? God was having an intercourse with what? With man. Because man, Adam, was a product, a byproduct of God. Even though God used two products to make man. God used the, the clays of the earth and God used himself. But the real you, God ensured that it is him. It's a product of him. That's why the real you is inside of you. Not this flesh. We are going to come to that. This flesh will perish. This body will perish. But the real you is inside of you. Because that is the byproduct of God. Amen. According to the old covenant, any man that sins should face the rot. They should face the rot of themselves. Give me Deuteronomy chapter 24. I want you to have an understanding as we progress. Deuteronomy 24 and verse 16. Fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall their children be put to death because of their father. It means that everyone is on their own. You are an oil. Carry your cross. You have no business with it. Give me Jeremiah 31 and verse 30. But everyone shall die for their own iniquity. Each of the person who sin, as they eat a saw grape, their teeth shall be set on the edge. Amen. Look at this. If a man and a woman, if they are thieves, they are guilty when they are caught. But their child that came out is innocent. But guess what? The consequences of the parent were always robbed. And what is the consequence? Number one, stigma. Very dangerous. Stigma will bear. Condemnation it will follow that child. Look at this. A, a, an alcoholic pregnant woman, two bottles in the morning, half bottle in the afternoon, three bottles for top up in the evening. If she continues like that for nine months, doctor, am I correct? If she continues like that for nine months, what happens? Now, what happened? Is, is the child now, will you, is the child guilty of drinking alcohol? But the consequence of the, the mom will rob one of him. So even though we are innocent, guess what? Because of the consequence, we are born of a corruptible seed. And with God, God only, God allows innocence and incorruptible seed. That was why that, that mathematics, God understood it. And the devil failed in that area. Remember, man was a product of God, but sin truncated it by bringing guilt on man. But guess what? When Christ came, the Bible said Christ was innocent. Am I correct? That is the first criteria. If Christ was innocent, it means that Christ also need to be born of an incorruptible seed to be able to return man to his original state. Are you following me now? 
Are you following it now? But we, we are innocent, but we are born of a corruptible seed. So that bridge, that gap needs to be bridged. That was what the Bible said that God imputed sin upon a man that knew no sin. So that as we inherit the consequences of Adam, now we have been translocated. We also inherit the consequences of the righteousness of Christ. That's why we are confident and bold to stand tall, to say that I am the righteousness of God. You have to know this. Say, I inherit the righteousness of Christ. Amen. I said, Amen. So if Adam suffers the consequences, how much more Christ? How much more Christ? We also enjoy the consequences of the righteousness of Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 21. Follow this carefully. Please don't sleep on this. Since death came by one man, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as Adam all died, so in Christ all will also be what? Be made alive. Are you seeing that now? If in Adam we died, then the repercussion is that we also what? We made alive in someone else, which is called Christ. So a Christian is a person who has been taken out of Adam. He has been translocated. He has been teleported out forever. Out of the realm of condemnation. Because he's no longer in that place. So why do you need to return back to that level of condemnation? Stay in the place where God has placed you. And take a hold of what God says concerning you. The Bible says we are the righteousness of God. There is no condemnation for those who are in... Is it Adam? In Christ, no condemnation. So stop feeling guilty. Stop feeling the consequences. Stop feeling ashamed of the things that Christ has done for you. Not now, not ever will condemnation come to you. Amen. Because you know what? Because God deals with all on the, on the basis or the representation, I mean the basis of representation. We are sons, we are no longer slaves. And when God looks at man, he sees two people. Adam and he sees Christ. Is it that you are in Adam or you are in Christ? Are you with me? The code is not red blood. The code is not red blood. Remember, chicken have red blood. That was a sacrifice that was made in the old covenant. Dogs, goats, and the rest, they also have red blood. But what is the color of Jesus? Don't tell me it's red. I don't know the color of Jesus. The color of Jesus is Jesus. It's Jesus. That's the color of his blood. And in fact, I can say that the color of his blood is righteousness. That color, he give it to me as, as the righteousness. Say, I have righteousness. That is the color of the blood of Christ. Amen and amen. So you have to know your position, that your position is in Christ. That's how to walk in the spirit. I know who I am. I know where I belong. I know what I carry. Even in the workplace, they want to see people who are competent. God wants us to be competent. And competence is that you are bold and confident to decree what Christ has done for you. I said, amen. I don't care what a man has told you before. The question is, what Christ? What, 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 what has Christ done? What has, what has he told you? Amen. Now, number two, you need to know that your position is in the spirit. Turn to somebody, say, my position is in the spirit. Tell the person, your position is in the spirit. Now, let's look at the manifestations of Jesus Christ by the position of the spirit. By the position of the spirit. Give me Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. I want you to follow this very carefully. Before Jesus was manifested, look at what happened. Now, the generation of Christ was in this wise. 
if a man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Remember that? So we are a new creature. We are in Christ. Am I correct? So we belong to the generation of Christ. We don't belong to the generation of law. You have to understand this. Lift up your hand. Say, I belong to the generation of Christ, not to the generation of Adam. When as his mother, Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. In other words, Jesus was positioned with the Spirit. Jesus was positioned in the Spirit. If I am positioned in Jesus Christ, it automatically means that I am also positioned with the Spirit and I am also positioned in the Spirit. Luke one thirty-five. Luke one thirty-five. An angel said to her, ans I, I, I mean, answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that, old, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Jesus was anointed. Jesus was crowned with the Holy Ghost. This was the same that was used in the Old Covenant. In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 20, God spoke. He said, he said, anoint Aaron. What it means is that he said, Mashiach Aaron. And that word Mashiach is Christ. So he said, Christ Aaron. That is, crown him. Crown him. When Jesus was to be crucified, he was crowned with thorn. A, a, a negative supernatural of the crown of glory that was to be released to us after he died, buried, and he resurrected. Are you following me? Is somebody in church? The same way. Christ was crowned. So Christ is a scepter. Christ is a person. Christ is a place. And Christ is a scepter. If Christ is all of these, so I have a place in him. I, I, I belong to his person. I have his personality. Then I carry his glory. I carry his glory. Because God crowned him. Praise God. I say praise God. After Christ was anointed with the Holy Ghost, look at what the Bible said. The Bible said that the Holy Ghost drove him into the wilderness where he was to be tested, where he was to be disciplined for 40 days and for 49. Amen. I said amen. In other words, the Holy Spirit that we are talking about is not just anyhow kind of person. The Holy Spirit is, I call him Captain Cruz. Look at what he did. He drove Jesus. You know what it means to drive? You know, you, you know what it means? It means a lot of things. Number one, it means that what? The Holy Ghost is the steering. So he was, com he was controlling where Jesus will go. He's controlling where the world will go to. So look at it. That is why we must not joke with the Spirit. As we speak God's word, the Spirit is the one that confirms what we have said. If you are saying, ah, I die, the Spirit will confirm that word. If you say, I am blessed, the Spirit will confirm that word because the Spirit is the, is the steering. The steering. When you are driving, maybe a car, what do you use to control it? Is the steering. Follow this carefully. The Holy Spirit is also the accelerator. When you are driving, you need accelerator. Whom it controls the movement of Jesus. Remember the story of Paul? When Paul, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He wanted to go and preach in another city. The Holy Ghost said, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. The Holy Spirit can make you move at speed and say, no, slow down. The Holy Spirit is the brake. Is the brake. It controls the movement. The Holy Spirit is also also the gear it tells you how to move how to move that is why you cannot joke with it the holy spirit is also the driver's license the bible told us very clearly that we have become the signet ring of the father we are sealed 
We are the engagement trick of the Father. That's the insurance. Some, some version says the insurance. We are the insurance. The Holy Ghost is our insurance. Praise God. So when the Holy Ghost drove Jesus into the wilderness, it means that what? Jesus, as mighty as he is, he left himself on the hand of the Holy Ghost for control. For control. We have been learned for other series how to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You want to do something. Let me pray one. Anytime you are saying, ah, can I pray one hour? Let me pray five hours. Or you are asking somebody, sir, I, I, don't, I can't pray one hour. What you are doing is that you are returning back to the Lord. Legalism. You just keep yourself on the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will determine. Have you not entered into a trance before? And when you come out, you look at the time, just six minutes. And it looks like you have gone like 15 hours. Have you not, have you not, has it not happened to you before? Because in the realm of the spirit, there is no, there's no space. The space is so long. There's no time. <laughs> there's no time in the realm of the spirit are you following now are you following now that's why we say the Holy Ghost our helper is the one that drives I must give myself to him but to do that I need to know my place I need to know that I have a place inside of him praise God so if we have the spirit position then it means that we are free from the law we are free from the law we can no longer go back to the law Romans chapter 8 and verse 2 and 4. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. The next verse. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. It was weak into, with all the mozu, with all the noise of the law. The Bible said that it is still weak. It is still weak. All the beggarly element of the law bring, uh, what do you call it? Bring all kinds of animal, sacrifice for the atonement of the sin of the people. So the sin is put under the carpet. If you have a carpet in your house for two years, you don't, you don't raise the carpet to sweep under. After two years, when you raise, what will you see there? Dirt. That was what the scripture was talking about. As powerful as the law, it could not yet remove sin. It could not yet do anything about the sin. When God saw this, God completed it. He ended it once and for all. The Bible said God did send his only son in the likeness of sinful flesh on the account of sin. What did he do? He condemned sin in the flesh once and for all. So in other words, everything that the Lord demanded, Jesus performed. He performed. He performed. He gave himself as a ransom. His blood was Jesus, was not red. He replaced it with all those red blood that have no power, that is useless, that have nothing to save. If you are still operating under that system, you are, not, you are still under the law, according to scripture. We are a citizen of Zion. We are a new citizen of Zion. So we think like Zion, we talk like Zion, we talk like people of Zion. And Zion means holy people. We are righteous and we are holy. We talk like that, we do like that, we act like that, we relate like that. Amen and amen. Are you in church? Shout amen. Shout amen. So if we want to be delivered from sin, the first thing that must happen is that we must first be delivered from the law. From the law. It is the law that holds men down. Remember, the law is a schoolmaster. A schoolmaster is not a son. It's like a slave that he does not teach the child what to do. It only just be there, just be looking at the child. It doesn't teach the child. But guess what? The law came as if he is the one that teaches. And that is the lacuna, that area. That was the, that, that was the area that the devil tried to manipulate and use it before you know it becomes the law of men. 
and then becomes system. It becomes doctrine. Amen. I said, Amen. The law, ah, very dangerous. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 56 and 57. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. I said somebody say amen. Give me verse 56. Verse 56 says, The sting, the sting of death is sin. And the strength of sin is the law. The sting of death is sin. But the strength of sin is the law. So it means that once you remove the strength, nothing more, nothing more, nothing more, nothing more. But thanks be to God because Christ removed it. He removed that strength. So sin became powerless. I have to know this. I have to know this for me to enjoy all the blessings in Christ Jesus. Turn to someone and tell the person, say, don't go back. Say, don't go back to the law. Say, don't go back to black cloud. Say, stand tall. Stand tall. Amen. Number three, our position is that we are righteous. And because we are righteous, we are holy. Some people think that righteousness is so big for a human to contain. Yes. But scripture told us through the efficacy of Christ that righteousness is so simple once you believe. Well, righteousness is so simple once you believe. Some of some people cannot say they are, they are righteous. They think, hey, hey, me? Yes, because God will say you're righteous. <laughs> you're righteous. We have been made righteous. That's your position. I'm a righteous person. That's how you see us decree and we declare. See, you will say what you, I mean, you will see what you say. That's why you have to decree. The Bible says, decree 18 and it shall be established and the light of God will shine more in your part. You have to say what, who you are. You have to say who you are, what you are. Because God was always saying. And as he says, there is a construction into the physical, a manifestation into the physical. Somebody shout amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 5 and 7. For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Mark that word, life and peace. Because the carnal mind is an enemy, is an enemy against God. Is an enemy against God. For it is no subject. To the law of God, neither nor indeed can it ever be. In other words, holiness is not something that you get by doing. Holiness is something that is already inside of you. Say, I'm holy. Say, I'm holy. Say it again. Say, I'm holy. Say, I'm righteous. Are you afraid? Say, I'm righteous. That is who you are. That is who you are. It is something that is working out. You already have it inside of you. Romans chapter 2 and verse 12 and 13. For as many who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And as many who have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. Nor 
For not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but it is the doers of the law that will be justified. The question is, can anyone do the law? In Exodus that we have been studying about, can, can anyone do the law? Bible says, if you err in one, you err in all. Are you seeing that now? What God was trying to do when he gave the law was that God was trying to explain what it means to be perfect. What it means to be perfect. To be complete. And with human, human can never be perfect. No matter what you try to do, you can never be perfect. That's why God caught a covenant with himself. With himself, he has to be himself. He has to be a perfect. I told you of, I mean, earlier that God was looking to bridge the gap of innocence and the gap of uh, incorruptible seed. Man does not have that. Man can be innocent, but man is corrupt. Are you with me now? Only Christ with God, because he was in the God class, he was innocent and he was incorruptible. So we are born out of the seed that is incorruptible. So we become new. So we cannot now be claiming a corruptible seed because we are no longer there. We are being, we are being removed forever. Forever. So holiness is the outward working of righteousness. You have been declared righteous, so you are holy. It's not what you do. It is not what you do that makes you holy. It is who you are that makes you holy. It is not what you do. Don't steal. Don't do this. If you don't do this, I'll live a clean life. I don't understand. You are clean because someone made, made it so. Not because of the things that you do. Or not the things that you did. Or the things that you, will not, you, you did not do. Or the things that you have not done. Praise God. Romans chapter 6 and verse 19 and verse 22. I speak in human terms because of the weakness of my flesh. Paul is talking. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness that is leading to more lawlessness. So now present your members as slaves of righteousness. Look at it. I love this. Slaves of, of righteousness for holiness. Slaves of righteousness for holiness. It is easy for a man to do the billings of the flesh. To do the billings of man-made laws. Of man-made religion. But it is very difficult for a man to understand that he can become a slave of righteousness. And Christ made it so. I'm excited because I'm in Christ. I'm excited because he has made me a slave of righteousness. So the only thing I can do, the only thing you can do is just be that way. Be who you are. Amen. When we walk according to the Spirit, we set our minds on the things of the Spirit. As simple as that. Whatever you focus on will get expanded. If you focus on the wrong things, the wrong things will always be expanded. As simple as that. If you focus on the right things, the right things will always be expanded. That's why you will never see Jesus cursing someone or, or, I mean, or abusing someone. God, Jesus will always say things. will always say blessings and not curse. So if you, are in that, if you are in that level, you should also operate in that level that you are. Someone curse you. You are not cursed because you know the word. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. Is life and peace. If I focus on the righteousness that was given to me, that's leading to holiness, what happens? I am spiritually minded. That's how to be spiritual. It's not that you pray for 35 hours. Prayer tongue. What do they call it? Prayer tongue. We turn prayer to cooking or whatever. Prayer tongue. I pray 35 hours. You're, you're joking. 
It's not how long that you pray. But if you pray for long, it helps you. Because the Bible says when you pray, there's prayer, you build yourself. And when you build yourself, you enter into the echelon of God, into the frequency you can catch. You can catch. You may be in your office and go with the spirit does tell you, move, move, move. If you, you can't hear because you are not praying. And you think that prayer is for you to stand 16 hours. No. You're five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. As you press on there, the spirit will speak to you and say, Don't go there. Don't go there. Have you not heard people say, ah, something tell me. No, it's not something. The Holy Ghost is telling you. It is you. You have not fine-tuned yourself to hear where. Some people now, that thing that tell them, I put them into trouble. In fact, that thing that tell them, ah, something tell me, I've killed a lot of people. Praise God. I said, praise God. But the Spirit, because of the energies that the Spirit brings, the energies that the Spirit brings are peace and they are life. And that's why peace is a consequence of righteousness. I have peace because I am righteous. I have peace is because I'm righteous. Not because of the things that I do. Amen. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. I see that now. Did it come by what you did? It's because you are justified. What happened? You are peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why you cannot boast. When you are reading scripture, your ego will die. When you are reading scripture, your ego will die. See, I have peace because I'm justified by, by faith, not because of the things I do. Oh, you have, you know, the book, they have too much money in their account. That's they say, yeah, now nah, nah, I have peace. Now nah, it's time to raise. Now nah, it's time to raise. The day that the stock market will just crash, hey, IBP. IBP. So what happened to that peace? What happened to that peace? It becomes pieces. <laughs> Amen. Romans chapter 14 and verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not in caricature. The kingdom of God is not in chilling. The kingdom of God is not in enjoying. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not in eating and in drinking. The kingdom of God is for righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. You see, when we gather together like this and we are celebrating, it is dangerous to pocket your hand and be looking at God. It's dangerous. The Bible says joy in the Holy Ghost. Peace and righteousness. That's the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything will be added to you. You have all of this. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That is why you have to be excited in the things that the Father has done. Somebody shout amen. Shout it louder, amen. Number four, you have to know that your position is to please God. In fact, no, your position is pleasing to God. There's one thing to think that God, is God pleased with me? There's another thing for you to know that you are pleasing to God. When, I'm, when you are asking questions like, will God be pleased? You are going back to the law. When you are asking questions like, God is pleased with me, when you are saying God is pleased with me, you are confident of the things that has been done and your position that, 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 that you have. Praise God. Say, I am, say, God is pleased with me. God is not angry with you. Say, God is pleased with me. Say, God is pleased with me. Romans chapter 8 and verse 8 and 7. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Those that are in the flesh, they cannot please God. Now we have learned that we are in the spirit. 
So it means that those that are in the spirit pleases God. Are you seeing that now? But those who are in the flesh cannot please God. I mean, sorry. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells inside of you, now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. You see that now? You are thinking that, do I have Christ? Am I born again? You have to be sure that you are born again. When you are sure that you have the life of Christ inside of you, you know that the spirit engine, the spirit uh, uh, Captain Cruz is there. Amen. Those in the flesh can never please God. But those in the spirit, they can. So I know that my position is that I am pleasing to God. So when I wake up in the morning, you say, oh, I'm pleasing to God. Thank you, Lord, because I please you. This is how to talk. Not wake up with all the troubles and all the pains. Thank you because I please you. Amen. You can't please God except you believe in his son, in his son. You cannot please God like that. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. See what the Bible says. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. He exists. is the one, the one, not a one, the one. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Praise God. So you please God. Because you believe in the Son of God. So if you believe in the Son of God, you've got to be excited about that. Praise God. I say praise God. So number one, what's our position? The first one is what? Our position is that we are what? Number one is what? We are in Christ. Number two is that what? We are in the Spirit. Number three is that what? We are righteous and we are holy. Number four is that what? We are pleasing to God. Lift up your hands. Say, I am pleasing to God. Say, I am righteous. Say, I am holy. Say, I am with the Spirit. I am in the Spirit. Say, I am in Christ. Say, I am hidden in Christ. In God. Say, I have a double position. Say, nothing can remove me. Say, I am unshakable. Say, I am unmovable. Say it like you mean it. I'm unmovable. I'm unshakable. I'm unstoppable. Amen. You've got to know your position. That's how to walk in the spirit. To walk in the spirit, you have to understand the nature of the Christian life. Because we think that the Christian life is just the normal life that we live. We think that the Christian life is a moral life. No. The Christian life is not a moral life. If, God, if Christ came because of morality, ah, everything that he came to do would have been for nothing. Christ did not come for morality. It came for something serious. Because remember, I told you that God made us from two products. The first product is from the earth. That is the body. The second product is himself. Is, that's the spirit. Follow this carefully. I told you, when God wanted to make the earth, the earth, I mean, when God wanted to make trees and plant, he spoke to, to the ground. When God wanted to make fish, and all the whatever, he spoke to the sea, right? When God wanted to make the star, did he, did he speak to ground? He spoke to the elements and the byproduct of when God wanted to make you, he spoke to himself. Let us make man. Let us make man. Are you there now? So we have the body, 
But guess what? Because the body is an element that is not, that is useless, the scripture called the body flesh. If I call it that, it's dead. That's why when Christ came, Christ said that, see, know up front that you are dead. Christ did not come to a part. He just said, you are dead. Just know that you are dead. If you are not, in, you are dead already. He was talking about the body, the mortal body. Praise God. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon to yourself, tell yourself, ginger yourself, fire yourself, that you are dead indeed to sin. He said, no. So if you want to ginger yourself, ginger yourself. I said, I'm dead to sin. That's what scripture teaches. He said, ginger yourself, fire yourself, that you are dead to sin, and that you are alive to God. Say, I'm alive to God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. So the seed of death is always in our body. Because it's a, it's a byproduct that is not of God. It's always in our body. But the principle of physical decay, when a man dies, what happens? The, the body decays. The spirit returns back to God. But the Bible even taught us that even our body will be delivered from sin and death. Remember, when Jesus was leaving the earth, he left with his body. Did you notice that? He left with his body. But we are taught that this body, this physical body will decay. But in the spirit realm, even this body will be made alive, will be delivered from sin and death. Amen. Romans 8.22. Look at what the scripture says. For we know that the whole creation, the groan and the labor with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also who have the first fruit of the spirit, even we ourselves, we groan within ourselves. We have the first fruit of the spirit. And what's the first fruit of the spirit? Jesus. Are you seeing that now? We grow within ourselves. We are eagerly waiting for the adoption and the redemption of our body. Are you seeing this now? The redemption of our body. The same way Christ, you know, ascended into heaven with his body. When Christ comes, we are going to, our body is going to be delivered from sin and from death. Praise God. As our spirit is, so our body is. Because as Christ was, when he resurrected, his body also was the same. Praise God. So all this is certain because of the spirit, because of the indwelling spirit that is a guarantee of our sonship, of our final placement that is called redemption. Someone say redemption. So sin can no longer reign in your mortal body because it has been delivered once and for all. Romans 6.13, look at what the Bible says. And do not present yourself as members of unrighteousness to sin. He said, but present yourself to God as being alive from death. And your members as instrument of righteousness. Now that you know your position, present yourself as instrument of the allocation of where you belong. Have you not heard that when you're in Rome, you behave like a Roman? I'm a Nigerian. I'm in Rome. How can I be behaving like a Roman? Praise God. The same way you present your body as when you were, now you're in Christ, present your members as instrument of righteousness to God. 
A righteousness to God is that I have an emblem, which is Christ. So when God looks at the people upon the planet Earth, He doesn't see you. He doesn't see us. He sees Christ. He sees Christ. He sees Christ. Amen. But you have to know that sin will always remain in the body. And that a Christian will always battle against sin there. Because this body is not renewed. It's a, it's a, it's a corruptible seed. Praise God. So we may struggle, but do you know that the problem is not even the struggle of the heart? It's always the struggle of the body. It's not a heart thing. It's not a heart problem. It's a, it's a flesh thing. It's a body thing. But if you know that you are at peace with God, guess what? You will now strengthen your spirit man and weaken your flesh. So you strengthen the strength and weaken the weakness. If you strengthen the flesh, what happens to the spirit? The spirit will go down because the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit, they are always warring. They are always in contention. They don't like, they don't like, they don't see each other at all. They don't see each other at all. Praise God. So you know with all conviction that you are at peace with God and that you are saved. But the problem is your body. That's why the spirit, God, Jesus did not just leave us empty. He left us with the spirit because you know that the body will contend with our spirit growth. So he left us with the spirit to strengthen our spirit so that the flesh will be weakened. How it will be worse if Christ has left without the spirit. Somebody shout amen. God is not angry with us when we struggle. When the, the spirit is contending with the flesh, God is not angry with us. He's not. Because it is indispensable part of a Christian work. Is it because we are still living in this body. We are still living in this body. Sometimes this body can be weary. But guess what? Our, 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 our spirit man is there. That bears weakness with the spirit of God. That we are children of God. We use it to strengthen. That's why we are praying this morning. We pray for strength from the spirit inward that is worked outward. Amen. And then it's very important that we learn to live by the Spirit. Learn to live by the Spirit. And in living by the Spirit, you must understand doctrine first before application. But the dogmas of man brings application before doctrines. Doctrine is what we have. You have to know your position. You have to know your placement. That is doctrine. But application is now that what you have inside of you comes out. But the dogmas of man say no. You have to bring outward inside. No. That is what the Lord says. The Lord says that, do not do this. That's when you will receive. No. Grace says, no. Receive. Receive because it's freely given to you. Praise God. Praise God. So, don't focus on sin. Focus in walking in the spirit by your position. Focus on that. Whatever you focus on will get expanded. Focus on who you are. Focus on what you can do. Focus on the abilities of God inside of you, which is the Holy Spirit and which is the Captain Cruz in your life. Focus on it. Let him expand. Lost yourself in him. Throw yourself in him so that it can help you. Praise God. We will not overcome sin by attacking the flesh, by doing by doing. Those who do, guess what? The Bible said that what? They increase in lawlessness. They increase in, the more you try to do, the more you see that you're even increasing on it. Praise God. 
you increase on it. But the only thing you need to do, engage in the spirit. Forget about darkness. Don't be focusing on darkness. Just on the light. You're in the dark. Don't, don't feel, what's all this light? Just on the light. Once you're on the light, the darkness will disappear. Focus on who you are. Focus on your position. Your position in Christ. Focus on your position. Your position in the spirit. Praise God. In the world today, they will say, stop doing amiable. Focus on your own. You live your own, you are focusing on something else. The same thing. You fo focus on the spirit. How to walk in the spirit. How to grow your spirit, man. How to become better and great. And live the beggarly element that scripture has taught us with. Praise God. Lift up your hands. Say, I'm focused on the spirit. Say, say, I'm focused on the spirit. Say, as I focus on the spirit, I know that I'm expanding in the spirit. Rise up on your feet.